Hello and welcome back to the Balls Deep podcast with me, Jake Ball. This is episode five and today's guest is Reverend John Finch, who leads the St. Mary's Church in Southampton. It's a bit of a rollercoaster this one, but we talked about prayer, emotions, the human experience, family and what the Bible can teach us about mental health. The title is A Time for Everything. I hope you enjoy How are you? Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Beautiful, I can hear you too. Is my sound clear? I'm trying I'm trying through me um through me AirPods. Beautiful. Um yeah, you sounded good. Sounded yeah. nice. Sounding crisp. Yeah, pretty good. I've started recording already, but it's because I like to get a little bit of candid chat over the intro. Oh yeah. This is just this is just me, John Finch, being candid. Oh, you're so natural. Let's go, mate. Let's crack on. Come um, on. Can you just introduce yourself, Reverend John Finch? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Is that the yeah, official title? Cool. That is my official title, and it's also what I um, it's what I force my kids to call me. It's not it's not Abby. <laughs> it's Reverend. <laughs> yeah, my name my name is John Finch, and I live in Costadale, Southampton, uh, along yes. with my beautiful wife and, and family. And uh, I get the pleasure uh, of uh, leading St Mary's Community along with said wife um, and our wonderful team here. Yeah, that's wicked. How long has that been going on for? That's it's counting up the years now, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I mean, it's almost old news, if anything. Yeah, get over um, it. <laughs> we are uh, two and a bit years into planting uh, uh, this church, which is it is indeed a horticultural reference, but it's also um, what we call uh, kind of going in and um, a kind of like bringing new life and new energy to a church that's either empty or uh, is in need of it. So yeah, we yes. uh, be yeah been here for two and a bit years, and it's a beautiful building. It's a beautiful place too, isn't it? It's um, I'd only been to that church once, I think, before you and your your band of churchgoers rocked up. Oh, did you? I didn't. I didn't know that you'd been before. I'd been once. I mean, it's not not the jolliest of occasions, but I did go to a funeral there. And, okay. Um, but I, it like it's it's quite an impressive, imposing building, isn't it? For <laughs> For that area, don't you reckon? It is. It is. It's large. You can see its spire from uh, from yonder. Um, <laughs> I used to see place. it from from Portswood. I think I'm pretty sure you can see it. Yeah, yeah, you can. As you, yeah, as you, as you come down the hill, um, at yeah. uh, past uh, Stoney's Pizza, you get a yes. glorious, a glorious view of the spire towering over everyone. Um, yeah, we I like that. I, I like that you. <laughs> I like that you used imposing. Um, uh, which mm. is definitely a phrase that we're trying to um, work against. <laughs> <laughs> I meant it only in positive terms. John. Yeah, good. So yeah, a, a positive imposition. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's imposing, but it's welcome. You didn't realise you needed it. Mm. I think yeah. that's the way. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I mean, John, this is obviously. I mean, the undertones of this these podcasts are about mental health. So. Good. Let's. I just want to knock this one straight in. I mean, we'll chat about some other things. I've got lots to ask you. I don't know how we're going to fit it in in this this tight window that we've got. But can you just tell me what's your experience of mental health? 
Yeah. Um, I um, I feel quite fortunate, to be honest, that um, I think in my life I haven't experienced a, like a moment of like, uh, I, often people say like, oh, my mental health is really bad at the moment, or even actually being diagnosed with, um, you know, anxiety or depression. And, and I feel... I feel quite fortunate that that hasn't necessarily been my story. Um, I've never kind of had a moment where I'm, you know, I, I feel I feel like unreasonably anxious for the circumstance yeah. that I'm in. You know, obviously I, I experience anxiety, um, but not kind of like a, a consuming level, um, nor have I kind of gone through like long periods of feeling low and kind of lack of motivation, which um, or like kind of depressive thoughts. Um, but I think it's you know my experience of mental health. I think particularly given what I do um, as lead, kind of um, as a as like a pastor. Um, you know, I spend time with people, talk to them about life and what's going on. I I feel like my experience of mental health is like I've got a growing kind of compassion uh, towards those who do suffer from uh, mental ill health. Um, yeah. I think particularly either in conversation with others, with friends, with family, um, and also just through reading people's kind of accounts um just like oh it what a what what such a hard thing to have to deal with every day yeah um and i think i think it's amazing that you want to talk about it i think it's amazing that you're doing things like this um i think it's great that there is you know there is a bit more freedom to be able to talk about it and i you know i think here is as as a community it's one of the things that we are really we're really keen to try and play our part in helping and journeying alongside not not to kind of replace any medical uh intervention when it's needed which we which we would always refer and recommend but the kind of mm every day kind of like low level anxiety or kind of you know we all have moods um and you know sometimes we're in a good mood and sometimes we're not in a good mood um and trying to help people journey with people i think particularly at the moment with um you know we've we're in a we're in this pandemic currently and but we're not going to be in it forever um and what has been talked about is a need for like an economic recovery with like joblessness and closures of you know particularly kind of creative industry hospitality other industries yeah. um but i think we feel a sense of calling to play our part in the emotional recovery that's going to be needed okay. um uh just with like even just having the conversation like gosh what was that about mm. <laughs> can we just can we just talk about the last year of life and like yeah. how crazy some of that was and um, and like particularly those who've been like you know particularly isolated and cut off from uh, relationships um so yeah so i think for, in terms of me um mental I, as i say like i don't think i've kind of like suffered from mental ill health um however uh, up until the start of lockdown um you know i was i was having psychotherapy once a week um okay. for just about a year um, just trying to kind of process some of the ways that I am made and I've been formed and what 
what that's about. And I think particularly that came into quite sharp focus for me becoming a dad. Um, I think you can kind of like get away with stuff and um, like just kind of carry on. But it's, it's like children are like such a good mirror for kind yeah. of this is all the mess that's in your heart and head john um (laughs) just by just by like the way that they comment on things or like your desire to not just sort of offload all of your rubbish onto them you kind of i think i've there's like a renewed sense of gosh i really should sort of try and sort out some of the ways that i react in certain situations or that sounds so healthy it sounds like um I think a lot of people talk about whether maybe it's a strong word, but sort of passing your trauma on to to your your kids and, and your family. Because I mean, I don't think it's obvious how. Well, maybe it's obvious, but it clearly you can diffuse these whether that's energies or behaviours to the people around you, and that's you know particularly important for your kids as well. You know, you're spending so much time with them, and they they learn so much from you. They look up to you. Um, so yeah, I think that sounds really positive that you're you're sort of taking steps to minimise any damage. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm un, under any illusions that I'm going to be able to get rid of all the damage. Um, then, well, you know, I'm not I'm not perfect. I like what you said about um, what you're saying about acknowledging the science as well. So, like you said, that you know you want to do that you're working in the community and encouraging people who are struggling with mental health but also to seek professional advice so not only i i assume that you're saying that you can take some solace spiritually um in many of these issues but also encourage them to use you know maybe public services that are available oh absolutely yeah i think people will find it encouraging to hear that you you know you acknowledge that side of things as well yeah i totally and you know i think yeah, I, I don't think like I, for me, science and faith is not a dualism. Um, yeah. They're not. That's they. I think I think they complement. And you know, like some some of the greatest scientists have also been some of the most faithful Christians. I don't, I, that's not. Those are not kind of mutually exclusive. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, part of God creating us and creating our minds and creating us to be like inquisitive and want to discover and and um, and develop is is part i think that's part of of science getting better and wanting to improve you know like you know we've got a we've got a vaccine for a pandemic that started less than a year ago like that's yeah. that's crazy that's um, powerful yeah and i say uh, that's an amazing thing that's like it's totally you know the, the christians have worked on that and would have been kind of be like hey like this is part of my calling in life is is you know this is the impact that i could have is bringing this forward you know i think it's been the quickest virus by uh, sorry quickest vaccine to any virus i think it's like beat it by six or seven years or something like that Um, and i think particularly with mental health yes certainly seek out um professional uh medical help if if you feel like you need it yeah for sure yeah, but why not have both? That's I think that's great. Yeah. Um, John, I mean, I'm aware this is almost asking you to summarise the Bible, but what can the Bible, <laughs> what can the Bible teach us about mental health and well-being? <laughs> and and I'm asking you to summarise this this many uh, collection of books into something pithy and soundbitey, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, here's here's Plythian Sambaiti. <laughs> loads. <laughs> it's got loads to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think um, you know, like God, like what 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 Christians believe, what I believe is uh, God is creator, um, and so He's created us, including our emotions and our minds and our and our mental, emotional, physical well being, um, and so like. I, I, here's here's a little soundbitey phrase for you. Jesus had feelings too. He, you know, if you look at the life of Jesus, like he he partied, he laughed, he cried. He it says he wept. He got angry. He got frustrated. Um, and like he experienced all of the emotions and he experienced life as we know it uh, today. And uh, but I think what he does is um, in the life of Jesus, he gives us a model for an emotionally healthy life. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And uh, like, what does the Bible have to say? Like loads and loads. Uh, you know, it's, it's this book about the person of Jesus um, and this uh, this whole story of an emotional God that is trying to relate to and extend his love, compassion and kindness to emotional beings. So like, it's absolutely full of good things in there. If you can think of, you know, like the Psalms, um, which are like kind of songs written primarily by this guy called David, who knew what it was like to suffer. Uh, he also knew what it was like to make horrible mistakes, then have to try and recover. Um, and he knew what it was like to be with, like, kind of in isolation, spent many, many, many moments, like, living and hiding in caves. Um, and he's yeah. kind of got this collection of poems and songs, which are basically like this, hey, I'm, I'm going through this massive ordeal. Um, and, yeah. and here's, like, my inner thoughts, like, my deepest kind of, you know, I... I I think people would be really, really surprised uh, to read some of the some of the doubt, some of the fear, some of the questioning that goes on in those psalms and, and throughout the rest of the Bible. I was just going to say, so it like wow, that's a beautiful answer, and I think um, you're saying that it just highlights the human condition. You know, it's not mm. it doesn't shy away from from the reality of of the sort of suffering, the highs and lows that we all face, and that's that's timeless you know that is yeah. human We're, i don't think that's going to change we, we will always struggle with these things and like you said at the beginning it's positive that now in this time it's we're becoming more open to be able to have these discussions and to be able to empathize more openly yeah. um, about these these ups and downs i i completely agree like you know so as i said the signs but then there's you know there's another book in the old testament called lamentations which is a book of lament and um, yeah. I just think, I, I actually, I think if you take this last year, COVID, for um, as an example, I think people could really learn a lot from learning how to lament. And what I mean by that is lamenting is different to complaining. Um, mm. Complaining is just like, whoa, you know, whoa me, this is so hard. I, I like i haven't you know i haven't been able to see this person and um uh, oh it's just like why why is this happening to me like there's there's a really subtle difference between complaining of like this is just rubbish blah 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 um and lamenting which i think is being able being able to sit in that feeling to be able to sit in that in that lowness and just and that also be okay um yeah. you know it's kind of 
this is this is rubbish this has been a really hard year and th- and there's n- th- no comma and like no like but it will get better but just stopping there and being like this is rubbish it's just yeah. let's just acknowledge that this is rubbish just sitting with that sitting with that feeling yeah and and not and and you know and like being like using wisdom using sensitivity not letting that feeling completely consume you uh, but i think like the process of lament is like I just, I want to address, I don't want to like just shove this down and be like, yeah, but it's okay. And it's kind of this, yeah, this is really hard. And yeah, there are no particularly good answers at the moment. And that's just the, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, That's where we are. Yeah. And like, I think the, I think, I think journeying with Jesus, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, I think it allows you the room to do that. Um, And yeah. And so your question, like, what does the Bible say? I think loads and loads and loads about lamenting, about celebrating, about emotional health, about, you know, be renewed day by day by the filling of the spirit. It's kind of this God, God has given you this gift of himself, his presence with you to be able to process. It's not to like do away with your emotions and your mental health. It's to be able to process and to be able to have um, support in that. Um, Yeah. So I think loads to say. So if people wanted to look more at that, if they wanted to read Lamentations or, or read Psalms, I mean, would you, I was going to say, would you encourage them to get the Bible in One Year app and start have a crack with that? Or do you think it's you could literally dip in and out of the Bible? I just wonder, is is Nicky Gumbel, is he a bit, um, he might be already Krizzer, so it might put someone <laughs> off who's, who's not not interested. Um, what, yeah, what uh, yes, yes, yes to both. I think like, yes, obviously that app is a, you know, it's a Christian app. It's, it's pitched towards people that want to kind of understand the Bible a bit more. I, I still think, I still think that you'd get a lot out of it, whether you, whether you completely agreed with all that he says or not. And um, I think there'll be mm-hmm. a lot of things in there. Um, uh, but yeah. And, and also um, reading the song, like, you know, I think Psalms is, the Psalms are one of the, one of the parts of the Bible that, I think because they are just like poetic prose and and like there is there is so much I'm not gonna I don't want to like do away with many people who have made their whole life around studying the Psalms so like I'm not saying <laughs> the, the Psalms aren't worth studying but I would also say there are one of the bits of the Bible that just on face value are just poetically helpful and um, yeah. you know lots lots of the other bits of the bible particularly in the old testament there's like loads of contextual kind of explaining that you need to do of like well that's what that meant and that's you know this is 3000 years ago in a completely different culture but i just think there is something timeless about the psalms that they they're like they yeah they're po- they're poems and songs that like describe the human experience and i think yeah totally if you either download an app or, or to have something, you know, would always encourage like, like have someone to help you. Like, I, I think commentaries are a help bit navigate like, it. Yeah, like commentaries are a bit like a, um, gosh, blanking torch. I was, I was thinking of the word torch. <laughs> <laughs> describe, describe it. Just, yeah, it's like illuminating. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd like so certainly go for the, one of those. But definitely, I think the I think the Psalms are a great place, a great resource for you, whether you're a Christian or not. Just to kind of like amazing descriptions of the human experience that you can find a bit of comfort and solace in. Yeah, John, can I ask you about your job? So, 
<laughs> Obviously, as your title states, Reverend John Finch, uh, you're the vicar at St. Mary's Church. And that is obviously like you explained in the introduction it's quite a sociable job so you're you're talking to people a lot you you have quite quite maybe an intimate relationship or you know connection with with lots of the people in your congregation um that comes that seems to me is intense obviously it's the job that you do and it's what you feel you're called to do but do you have a do you feel a need to separate work interactions from life interactions mm um t- absolutely um because um you know like as you were just describing my job isn't just a job it's a vocation um mm. it's something that i feel called cool, that i was like created to do um and so it, it I, i'd say it's one of my vocations it's not my vocation i would okay. say i would i uh, we have like a like in my mind and like I've articulated this with Hannah, I have a, I have five priorities of my vocation. Um, so I my primarily my vocation is to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. that, and that's, that's a relationship that I have with God. And, and obviously that spills out into, and therefore it, it leads to relationship with other people. You know, being a Christian is not a, is not a practice in individualism. It's a calling into a family. Um, but but primarily my focus is my connection with God. Um, second, my connection with Hannah. Uh, thirdly, my connection with my children. And then fourthly, I'd say is still my connection with my friends. So that the people that are, uh, are life-giving and, and I enjoy the company of. Um, and then fifth, I would say, is my calling to be a vicar, is my job. Um, and so... I think, like, certainly I have boundaries. Like, I mean, and some one of the joys of my job is that I get to do it with friends and I get to become friends with my community. It's not like I have to have these boundaries because it's all terrible. Um, but I, I, have, I have set rhythms to my week um, and uh, I am pretty stringent at sticking to those. So... Um, obviously, you know, like I, I work on a Sunday, and so my my days are for a Friday and Saturday. And um, uh, one of the things that I do is my phone is off from Friday afternoon through till Sunday morning. Um, wow! And and it's ju- just because I want. I mean, one that's really good for my mental and emotional health. Um, not yeah. just not just like messages, but just I'm not looking at nonsense on social media or news. Um, I thought I thought you were ghosting me all this time. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's like, you know, I mean, obviously, never. You are <laughs> obviously, obviously, that those lists of priorities, you know, like asterisks. Jake Ball is number one. Yeah, always um, deep podcast. <laughs> yeah, obviously, this this is my utter priority. Um, <laughs> but I, um, you know, I think like prioritizing my health is the best thing that I can do for my community. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, it, and it's the best, and it's the best thing that I can do for my marriage and my children. And so that, that's why it's a priority for me. Yeah, that's great. And it, it I suppose it isn't that, sorry, fucking hell. Let me, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> keep, you won't keep believe that, that in. Oh, keep that in. That was gold. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, joke, but we were going to, we're going to sound so slick, John. <laughs> Um, I would, I would, I'd keep all of this in. It's, it's relatable. 
That's right. Um, what I was going to say is, so I think the answer to that is, is yes, it is intense, but and it helps you to sort of compartmentalise or, or perhaps planning and, and staging your week. Um, it sounds like you're very disciplined in that way. But so I suppose my question is, what can you, oh my word. <laughs> my question, John, is have you got any helpful routines that see you through each week? Mm. Yeah, well, um, so I'd say I have a daily, a weekly, a monthly and a yearly routine. Okay. Um, and so a daily routine would be that Hannah and I, um, so we've got two young children. Uh, we wake up um, at uh, a relatively early hour. Um, it's not. It's actually not too bad now that they're a little bit older, but um, uh, we we generally wake up and we work backwards from when we need to leave the house. So like when we need to drop them off at nursery or head out for work or whatever. Um, and we both make sure that we separately get uh, 20 minutes to half an hour by ourselves. So one of us is with the kids and the other one is um, in a room by, by themselves and they've got a chance to pray, to, uh, for us to read, to read, uh, to, to read the Bible, to kind of basically to frame our day. Um, around our priority that is that is knowing God and getting closer to him and, and therefore loving others um so that like a daily routine and then and then for me like I do have a quite a structured day like I get home pretty much at the same time every day and um, my job like fortunately allows me to be able to do that and so I can I can set meetings around that and so I'm I generally pick the kids up we have about two hours with them on after nursery before, you know, bath time, bedtime, where I, I, you know, my job is busy and it, it can be all consuming if you're not careful. But what I don't want my kids to grow up is thinking church took my dad away. Um, yeah. And so I or, or even worse than that, God took my dad away because um, that that would totally be on me and not not the job or God. Um, yeah. And so like, yeah, it's so a daily rhythms and then uh, like a weekly rhythm, as I mentioned before, like we kind of uh, the Bible talks about this thing called a Sabbath, which I I genuinely think um, I think is one of the greatest things that that the way of Jesus has got to offer the world right now. Um, I, I think that everyone is looking for this. Um, and, okay. you know, I see I well, I because I, I see it in like even like the school of life, you know, like the Alan de Botton, um, yeah, you're familiar with them, um, yeah, they like they talk about this, they just don't use this language. Um, but originally, you know, like God created the world in seven days, but one of them was a full day of rest. Um, yeah. and it's this, you know, not to like go into it too much, but to very briefly say, it's this idea that actually we were created to rest. Um, we were created to have a to have a full day of disengagement from the busyness of life and work. Work is a good thing. Purpose is a good thing. Uh, but a full day to be to, j just to kind of unplug from the distractions, from the noise, from the chaos uh, that is our world at the moment. Yeah. And that is social media and other forms of media. And like weird, there's just so much noise. And so 
uh, the way that I practice this this Sabbath, which which and it's not like a, because I have to, because I want to. It's because I genuinely feel like we are designed to do it. Um, yeah. uh, that I take yeah I take a full day away from screen away. So all social media messaging. Cause it's not because it's not just Instagram. It's kind of like you know when you get a WhatsApp and you're like oh I feel like I need to reply to that. Is you know mm. what takes that feeling away is just turning your phone off and then you don't know. Yeah. Um, that's so true yeah so so have a day a week where i where i try and practice the sabbath which is which is a disengagement and then and it's not just a unplug but it's like plug into being more mindful of the presence of god being more mindful of your surroundings being more attentive to my wife and my children um yeah and yeah yeah it's not so so it's 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 a disengagement to engage with the things that i prioritize yeah, I think that's great. Do you know what's interesting, John? Is, I mean, part of the reason for doing this is I'm trying to talk to um, people from sort of different walks of life who, mm. who have different takes on the world. So, and, and to try and draw out similarities, you know, ways that people find useful to cope. And that's something that's come up a lot is, is the sort of balance between, between working, resting and playing. So making sure we've, we've got that downtime. You know, um, I spoke to my friend Izzy, who's a bit of a queen of, of wellness, and that's a, a big thing of, of switching your phone off or logging out of Instagram for a day and just, you know, being disconnected and giving that time back to yourself. I mean, from your perspective, that's back to yourself um, and what you see, you know, what you see as a higher power that that takes your priority, right? But I think there, there are still similarities in, in that outlook of, of, of knowing that as humans, we, we need that downtime and we need yeah. that that inward reflection, I suppose. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Like totally. And it, I, I love the, I really like that comment of like, of play, of fun, like totally needed. And, and, you, and you just, just so clear, like my, my day off when like fasting from a screen is not like, I'm not like singing Kumbaya for 12 hours. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> yeah. It's like the rhythm of that day is we have pancakes as a family every single Saturday morning and we yeah. like have a bit of a lazy start and, but we'll also like, we'll see close friends that are like life giving and that we find like, you know, it's, it's, I think it's like, we don't, we try not to do like odd jobs and like kind of keep ourselves busy with like, got to do this, got to do that. Yeah. It's just like a day to relax and to enjoy and to be with one another. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. It sounds, it sounds wholesome to use an overused word. Mm. Um, that's beautiful though, John. I want to ask you actually about, about prayer. And you said that you talked about language earlier. So that I, I wonder if this is, this is something that you and I have actually talked about before. Yeah, um, I remember and... we um we we circled we circled the church about twenty four times on a on a little route. Yeah, yeah. and you're thinking, bloody hell, how am I going to shake him off? He won't <laughs> shut up. Um, but we, yeah. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. So what I want to listeners to hear is the acronym that shout, is sometimes shout given. Shout out to the listeners. Come on. Shout out to all the listeners. <laughs> um, the acronym that's sometimes given to, I'd say, newbie Christians who are finding their first feet, first steps into prayer and like, understanding how that works for them. Um, so TSP, right? Teaspoon. That's something that's, that's often oh, yeah. quoted. Yeah. So if you're doing a little prayer, thank you, sorry, please. Those are three things 
that you should just sort of try and tick off in that conversation. Is that yeah. fair to say? Is that right? Um, what's the question? Is as in is that is that the acronym that you should use to pray? Well, that's am I right in thinking that's that's a little starter pack? That's the one that that's sort of like go and try that out. Um, for some for some people, definitely. Yeah. Um, I've personally never I've never prescribed that. Okay. Um, but um, it's certainly, but it is, but it is something. It must be. I must have got that from the illicit vicar that I see. <laughs> Yeah, um, it is certainly something that I mean, I I use that on like almost a daily basis, um, just because yeah. it's helpful. I think I think what it's helpful is like uh, it's reminding yourself that you've got lots of things to be grateful for, um, and yeah. it's reminding yourself that actually, like, um, I th- I th- and in particularly for me, in the in the sorry part is the kind of I do, I need like I'm not per- like I'm a I'm a work in progress. Um, uh, and then please is kind of like this, yeah, like laying out like the, these are my thoughts, my desires. I think I think that's I think that's a really I think that's a really great thing. I think probably what I'd say before that though, um, or before I prescribed that, um, as a spiritual kind of doctor physician, if you that you are, right, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, that that was that was said with sarcasm, just FYI. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I think something that I've heard that's a bit more helpful uh, to start with is um, be there as simply and as honestly and for as long as you can. Okay. Yeah. And so when you when it comes to prayer, just like be real, be honest, uh, try and keep it simple. Don't like you know, there's not like a particular language that you have to pray in. Um, yeah. You don't have to like get your thou arts and and thines in order right. uh, before you pray. It's like pray. This this is a this is a conversation between you and your creator, God, your Father in heaven. Like just be not be normal about it. And and then I so I think be honest, be uh, be simple, and then be there as for as long as you can because you will get distracted. Like you will yeah. start thinking about. Um, you know, like why? Why is it that the saints can't keep a clean sheet at the moment? And like, what is in my inbox? Um, and other and other things. And and that's like totally yeah. normal. That doesn't make you like, oh gosh, I'm so bad at praying. There's like every, everyone experiences that. Um, and so I just think, try and try and be there as long as you can. That's good. But I think um, what I what I find interesting, and I know this might rub you up the wrong way, and I think it has done when we've talked about it before, is that I think you can. Come on, I'm a genie in a bottle, Jake. Rub me up. <laughs> Rub you the right way. <laughs> I just find it interesting that I think that little acronym, whether you want to use it or not, does translate into similar things you see in this sort of like wellness environment. So, you know, like you said, so the thank you being gratitude. You know, people might be writing a gratitude journal where they jot three things down that they're grateful for. Yeah. Um, sorry, that's a bit of a bit of reflection self-awareness um and trying to see things that you want to improve on and then then please i think highlights the sort of similarity and again i'm so sorry this is so blasphemous of the similarity between sort of praying and hoping so in a secular sense i think someone could sit with that that tsp and they could get value out of that regardless of their underlying beliefs Mm. thoughts have I upset was, you? No, no, certainly not. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that 
I think that would be really helpful um, for someone who's yeah who's not a follower of Jesus. Um, I I I think the the main difference would be that it would just lack a bit of power. Okay. Um, in that uh, you say like the similar, I know, cause I know we've talked about this before, like the similarity between like prayer and hopeful slash wishful thinking um, mm. is our prayers are based on something that has already been achieved. Um, and okay, so our, yeah. our hope or, or our hope, sorry, is, is something is based on something that has already been achieved in Jesus. And so it's more kind of like reveal it and let it, let it be here now rather than like, Oh, I wish that could be. Um, yeah, sure. And so, you know, when you think about, um, you know, like prayers for, uh, I, I, I long to be less isolated, for example, like, please, mm. please send me a companion or please let me connect with people in a more meaningful way during the season where we are disconnected. Um, the, like the reality of that is, that because because of Jesus, we can ultimately be connected with our Creator, which, in my mind, is what what more would you want? Um, to be with someone who knows you that well and so, and is so like familiar with you and so for you and so compassionately kind of like championing you. Um, I just think I just think without that without that the TSP would lack, lack power. Um, yeah, there's a distinction. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, and John, I'm, obviously I'm conscious. I don't want this to be, this isn't a debate at all. If people want to listen to a debate with a Christian, they can, you know, they can go and listen to Richard yeah, Dawkins. They can go do one. Yeah, well, I know. There's plenty of that on YouTube. Um, yeah. I do have one question that I want to ask from a listener, which is, is there anything that prayer can't fix? Is there anything that prayer can't fix? Um, yeah, I'd say so. Because it, it depends what yeah. the prayer is, isn't it? So what? Give me an example. Stupid question, really, isn't it? I'll, I'll tell them. Um, <laughs> you know what? Actually, <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into it. There's I, there's one I really want to talk to you about, but I don't discuss it on this. Um, there's a. I mean, we're probably in similar circles. Um, Busty. Hi, it's Jake here. At this point, I wanted to ask John about prayer and resilience through appallingly challenging times. Um, we talked about a specific example of ill health that we're both aware of, as initially this bit wasn't going to make the cut. Um, but while listening back, I found John's answer to be particularly valuable. It also felt unfair to leave in the names and details that we discussed. So this segue is just to bring you up to speed and to remind you that you're listening to the Balls Deep podcast. Thanks. That has been, I mean, I've just been having chats, just sort of what role God plays in a scenario like that. Mm. And and at what point do you allow yourself to feel the anger and the suffering and it not just all be, God, isn't God great? You know, God's done this for a reason. We're going to get something out of this. Yeah. You know, at what point can you just go, wow, what a load of shit, you know, isn't like crap. <laughs> and, and that goes back to what you said earlier about just being able to lament and, and sit with the sit with the, the pain and, and the, the suffering that is inevitable in human existence. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
depends what you what else you want to get onto. But um, I think I I would say you're onto. I think you're on to like a bit of a winner there in your interpretation of like, um, so Ecclesiastes three says like, there's a time for everything. Um, uh, I was actually just looking it up because it's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful verse, but, um, uh, it's often read at funerals. Um, okay. uh, but I think it's like, yeah, there's like, there's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to uproot. There's time to kill. There's a time to heal. Time to tear down. There's time to build. Time to embrace. A time to refrain from embracing. A time to keep. A time to throw away. Like, do you mean like it's this? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yes. It's both. Is yeah, it's both and. So like, yes, yeah. yes. Pray for it. Pray for healing. Pray for breakthrough. The hat, you know from the little that I do know of that there have been miraculous kind of like turning around and like even doctors saying like, we totally wouldn't have seen this coming and you know, yeah. like they, we don't have loads of explanations, but also at, at some point there may be a time where it comes that actually it's not all good news and we will. And so like there is a time for, but, and I think, I think that's where we like, slightly depart away from like what's our what's our understanding on theology of prayer and we mm. get into like what's what's the like wise pastoral kind of kind thing to do at this point yeah and, and, and so, those those two things are not working against each other no okay so you're and it might be the equivalent of of not just seeking sort of happiness and fulfillment at all costs it's accepting that there there have this variability yeah 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 it you know it's like the, the one of the one of the prayers that jesus prays before he goes to the cross is um like take this cup from me which means i don't want to suffer like this like i don't in my human strength in my like very real painful existence just like this is rubbish and like i don't yeah. want to do it and then he says he says, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Um, which is this, but ultimately, God, you're you're in control, you're in charge, you've got good things in store. I don't I don't see the full picture right now, but one day I will. Yeah. Okay. John, I'm conscious you have to you have to be off this at twelve thirty, do you? I have to dilly dally. You you're okay, right. Then I need to ask you a very pertinent question. Perfect. Are you ready to get balls deep? <laughs> Jake, um, for you, I'm ready. <laughs> right, okay. Well, let's let's try. There's five questions here, but maybe we'll have to quick fire them. Okay. Um, can you tell me what's your current state of mind? Bit bored, bit frustrated at not being able to see, not like, not obviously not because of this podcast. Just, I'm thinking more generally. Um, uh, a bit frustrated at not being able to see like some of my closest people, um, like the Saints are on their worst ever league run um, in however many years, um, uh, and like just life, life is a bit rubbish. It's just like, um, it's it's just not ideal. And so, like, current state of mind is like with all of that in mind. I've also got lots of things to be thankful for. Like I've got a family that I love and that we're clo- we're spending more time now together than we were before. And I'm very thankful for that. So like, 
it's like both and and but like this general kind of like oh i'm kind of waiting for the future yeah okay um can you share something that you're still struggling with i struggle with control okay <laughs> um oh, park that there <laughs> no, no yeah, further comments yeah yeah no, no comment <laughs> um i i think i think just i I mean, like this last year is like this, just this, just this like world scale reminder that we just have so little control over the important things in life. Um, and so like, yeah, we can like manipulate situations and kind of work really hard and get paid lots and you know, have nice things. But like ultimately, like our health and our relationships and the things that are when we think about it are actually important as not, not the created things of the world, but like, it's like, it's people. Um, uh, And like, we just have such little control over that. And I think it's, it is this reminder, like ultimately we just, we're not in control. Um, And I think, so that's like been the global reminder, but then, you know, for me as as a church leader, you know, I, I don't, I, I think I was very reliant on the gathering um, yeah. I was very reliant on being able to like gather people to a particular place and kind of uh, like introduce them to a particular person and then be like, great, like, let's like, you know, there's an atmosphere here. There's a welcomeness, there's an openness. We can say what we like, how we want to say things. And, and like, that's like totally taken away. And like, yes, I'm very, very thankful for technology um, but it has this it's like this been reminder of like gosh this is not the sort of thing that I thought I was going to be doing two years into a church plant yeah yeah but, but ultimately hey I'm not I'm not really in control and so that that's like a wrestle for me because like because all I want to do is like make things great and like I think my you know like my personality type whether it's like Myers-Briggs or anything else that I'm doing would could be summarized as things could be better um, yeah, because I'm always looking but for something to be better on, or to be improved. On that note, though, I think you, well, you, I say, and you know, and you and your church have have done some great things even through COVID. So you know, you you're still congregating online. This, you know, I don't know how many viewers, but plenty of the congregation and B- I think billions, I think. Still, yeah, billions. It's it is breaking the internet, but even even new churchgoers coming to watch the services but also it might just be worth putting a little shout out for love your neighbor can you tell me what's going on there (laughs) well yeah and and as i say um like loads of things to be thankful for so yeah we um we've served uh we basically kind of fed the hungry throughout covid through love your neighbor in partnership with a couple of great organizations in the city and a few other churches uh, serving like I don't know what we're at now. It's like over 150,000 meals to um, wow. uh, to our neighbours um, uh, that we're trying to extend a bit of love and, and kindness to. So yeah, that has been great, and we're kind of working on a new thing at the moment. We're probably gonna yeah. So we're kind of converting a little corner of the church into a social supermarket, and um, oh, should be like a subscription-based supermarket to help help people kind of get back on their feet. I love the sound of that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It will. I think it's a. It is incredible to see, and that's and like that's like the joy of of 
you know my my job but also like being part of this this church community is yes it has been a hard year and yes we're not in control but like there is there are so many ways that we are seeing kind of breakthrough and like I'd say our our kind of social outreach our like loving and caring for the the poor in our city or the or or, or indeed the vulnerable um and isolated at the moment has been like fast tracked by about five years but we just did it in three months and just because that had to become the focus yeah yeah what's the last thing that made you smile john finch um i was putting uh my son he's three and a half um to bed the other day and uh, I think it was on Saturday night, and I started singing him a song. He was requesting more and more songs. I started singing a song, which I'm pretty sure is a drinking song. Um, <laughs> I, I, know, I know that it has, I know that it has a rude last verse, and I just can't remember what it was. And thankfully, I couldn't remember what it was, so I didn't have to sing it. Um, and <laughs> it's the one that goes, "I know a bear that you don't know, Yogi, Yogi." I know where that you don't know, yeah, yeah, but um, it goes like that, and then you go, I know a cheese that you don't know, Cameron, Cameron, and then there's a rude last verse, and I just can't like Cameron, but um, uh, but then um, uh, he started singing it, um, and he but he kind of created his own ones, and he goes, I know a crocodile that you don't know, Maku, Maku, which is the name of his favorite crocodile in his favorite TV show, and then he did lion, favorite elephant, and then he paused. Um, and this is what made me smile, um, was that he said, I know a daddy that I love most, John Finch, John Finch. Um, <laughs> melt your heart, this guy. Wow. Yeah, so that um, made... Interesting, that... he didn't go for Reverend John Finch. That's disrespectful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very disrespectful. Yeah, obviously I reprimanded him for that. Um, but other than <laughs> that, it's, 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 made, it's made me uh, smile for, for many days. That's beautiful. I mean, and to really outrageously contrast that, John, I really cringe asking this question. And I'm so sorry in advance, but what do you consider to be the lowest depth of misery? I should switch, I should switch those two rounds, shouldn't I? You should, defi- you should certainly switch these around. Gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I'd say linked um, is... Oh, the thing that just, um, and, and we don't have to get into it loads because I'm aware of the time, but um, I, I just find it like vun, like a ch- vulnerable children of any Forbes story. You know, there's that just like devastating story in BBC about the, the foster child um, recently, but just the, just hearing about kind of the abuse of a minor. Um, yeah. Uh, it, I just that, I, I, yeah, I, it's hard to put into words what that makes me feel: it, anger, sadness, despair, yeah, misery. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I ask bloody hell. Um, <laughs> right, I would, I would swap those around. Ne- next, next, <laughs> swap those around. <laughs> I might just stop asking it. It makes gives me too, too much up. Right, I'm going to see. I, I want to know. So there's two questions. Normally there's only one question. I'm going to see if we can get this in in two minutes. Um, I'll, let me tell you the question. All right. The fifth and final Bulls Deep question is where do you find meaning? But I think you're going to snap that one up. So I will give you a second conjoined question. Um, what is your motto? And I reckon you've got a motto up your sleeve. Um, 
And perhaps this links to another question from a listener who asked, what's your favourite passage from the Bible, which I think is a little bit cheeky. I reckon in a John Finch, Reverend John Finch manner, you might be able to accumulate those three questions into one beautiful answer in the last minute that we've got together. One beautiful answer. Um, gosh. Because um, <laughs> those are three quite separate questions, just to, just yeah. FYI. But, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, um, my thought process is that you're going to tell me you find meaning, um, maybe stereotypically. Yeah, well, so um, I'd say um, I find meaning, I ultimately find meaning in Jesus. Um, yeah. But hey, here's, here's a motto that would link into that. Uh, and it's it's one it's our family motto, and we've got printed it on one of our doors. Is honor God, honor yourself, honor others. Um, and I think if I can if I can be part of a family that does that, and part of raising children that do that, um, I'd be quite happy with life. John, I couldn't have asked for anything better. That was such a beautiful answer, <laughs> mate. Thank you so much. And that brings us exactly to our allotted time. <laughs> Wow, thank you. I mean, I mean, thank you so much to, for having me. I felt a whirlwind of emotions, a roller coaster. Uh, me too. Of, of, um, I was particularly at the end there, where you took me to, to the <laughs> and depths. Um, well, I did ask for your consent beforehand. Yeah, yeah, you did ask for my consent. You did ask for my consent. Well, I'm off for some psychotherapy now, John. I really thank you for your time. <laughs> Mate, honestly, that, that was great. I really appreciate you doing that. Do not worry about it. It's been a joy to be with you. Absolutely. Um, let's speak soon. I'll yeah. stop recording right now. Yeah, perfect. I'd love that. There we go. That is episode five with Reverend John Finch. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. I appreciate all the messages that we had all the suggested questions i'm sorry i didn't get a chance to ask all of the questions that were sent in but i really appreciate it nonetheless we're going to get john back for season two he tells me he's bringing a special guest which may or may not be the holy spirit so yeah stay tuned for that i think it's a debut um please share the podcast i'd love it if you shared it um tell your family about it tell your friends Thanks very much. Yeah, I'll see you next time. Someone will be next. There'll be someone next week. That will round up the first season of the Balls Deep podcast, with the exception of a little cheeky bonus episode. No more info. That's all you're getting. See you later. Bye. Bye.